A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for he shall find her sitting by his gate. For taking thought of wisdom is the perfection of prudence, and whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care, because she makes her own rounds seeking those worthy of her, and graciously appears to them in the ways and meets them with all solicitude. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. (coughs) My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. O God, you are my God, whom I seek. For you my flesh pines and my soul thirsts, like the earth parched, lifeless, and without water. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. Thus have I gazed towards you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. For your kindness is a greater good than life. My lips shall glorify you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. Thus will I bless you while I live. Lifting up my hands, I will call upon your name. As with the riches of a banquet shall my soul be satisfied, and with exultant lips my mouth shall praise you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. I will remember you upon my couch, and through the night watches I will meditate on you. You are my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I shout for joy. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 
Indeed, we tell you this on the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, with the word of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, console one another with these words. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Lord be with you. With your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, Lord. O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and for you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you, do, do you know anybody who is just obsessed with trying to predict the end of the world? I mean, we all have a few friends like this, I'm sure. They'll, they'll look at the Scripture passages and they'll say, well, don't you see this is what's happening in our world today? It's right there in the Scripture. Or they'll, they'll look at one of the approved 
um, say, Marian apparitions like uh, Fatima or Akita, and they'll say, oh, look, this is what Our Lady said. This is exactly what's happening in our world today. And then the invariable question comes out, do you think that we're living in the end times? Well, when anybody asks me that question, I always give them the same answer. Yes. In God's plan of salvation, the end times began with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And so we live now in that sort of in-between time where Jesus has already achieved our salvation, but the final end of creation and its renewal has not yet happened. Now, the length of these end times is known only to God the Father. Therefore, as people of faith, we are called to live our lives in a way which shows that we are indeed ready for Christ's second coming. It's a dogma of our faith. We know for a fact Jesus, the bridegroom of the church, will return, but we do not know the exact hour. Now, this is not a new problem for Christians. This plagued the early church. Those early first century Christians really started to wonder about this. You see, uh, the ones who walked the face of the earth at the same time as our Lord were constantly wondering when he was coming back. I mean, they'd heard him make this promise that he was going to return. They thought it would be any minute. And that is one of the things that has caused a peculiarity for those of us who try to study scriptures today. People who start to study scriptures for the very first time are amazed to find out that the Gospels themselves were among the very last books of the New Testament to be written. A lot of the letters that we have, St. Paul's letter, Thessalonians that we had today, Romans, Galatians, all of that, was written during the missionary times. The apostles would go about and preach the gospel. They would speak it. This is what church refers to as the oral tradition. This is the tradition that was handed down by the fathers. But as time went on and more and more of these people were dying out, people were like, you know, maybe we ought to write this stuff down. But they also wondered... Why wasn't Jesus coming? And what's going to happen to these people who have died in the meantime? Didn't our Lord say that if you had faith in him, you would live forever? This was a, a very legitimate concern for these people. St. Paul actually addresses that in, the, in the, the little bit from the letter of Thessalonians that we reread today. He tells them, don't worry about it. Don't worry about those who have died, because Christ will raise the dead upon his return. Now, our Gospels today remind us that we must always be prepared for that return. This parable would have been very, very dear to those early first century Christians. You know, living in that, oh, we think he's coming any minute, when's it going to be? I don't know. They would take it as a warning not to falter in the face of all the tribulations and the persecutions that faced them at that time. It reminds us of that very same thing today. You know, St. Augustine had a really interesting take on this parable. He says, if you look at it not as um, ten virgins, but as two groups of five, each of the five represent our five senses, the ways in which temptation comes to us through our senses. 
The five wise ones are the senses that are well-informed. The five foolish ones are the ones that are not. The oil that is either remembered or forgotten is the oil that was placed upon us at our baptism and at our confirmation. The wise ones remember their baptism and confirmation. The foolish ones turn away from it. In remembering in whom and by whom we have been saved, we can tame our senses and moderate the desires that lead us into sin when we're tempted. But when we forget that oil by which we were sealed with the Holy Spirit, then we succumb to the power of temptation. Now, since we do not know and cannot know the hour of the bridegroom's return, it is best for us to live with the end in mind, whether it's our own personal one, the end of the world. This is a message that our church brings to us now because we are coming to the close of the liturgical year. In just a few weeks, it'll be Advent. It'll be a new liturgical season all over again. And so, since there is a beginning and an end, the church asks us to consider the end and be ready for it. One of the things we can do, you know, Father Maestri's got this wonderful talk that he's doing on the four last things coming up. If you've never heard that spoken about before, that's absolutely something you would want to do. If you have to miss that or if you've been through that before, one of the things that uh, St. Ignatius recommends, it's very simple for everybody to practice. It's called a daily examine. This is not the same as examination of conscience that you do before you're going to go to confession. This is a simple little prayer exercise, if you will. At the end of the day, as you're going to bed, take a moment, think about the things that went on during the day briefly. Note the things where you did well and note the things where you did not do so well. Then send a prayer to God, thanking Him for the times that you did well, for His assistance through them. And ask Him for further assistance and strengthening in those areas that need improvement. Simple prayer, simple exercise. Now, we can always take advantage of sacramental confession if we've really gone off the rails, okay? Our Lord is always, always happy to give His mercy and forgiveness to any of us. We can also, on a daily basis, strengthen ourselves through reading the Scriptures, through prayer, whatever kind we go. You're saying, Deacon Ed, you've said this before. Yeah, it's true. I'm not preaching you anything new. I am preaching you something that is true. Of course, the, the ultimate aid for our souls is the Eucharist. And it would be to our best interest to receive it worthily and often so that we can experience that foretaste of the bridegroom's arrival so that we can be filled with our Lord's love. Because He is coming. And is the end near? Absolutely. So please don't forget your oil. God love you.